This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk back again with you guys for another show. Apologies, first of all, no microphone still, still haven't been able to get it working. So apologies if the audio is sounding a little bit off. I'm going to use this uh, earphones mic for the moment, um, but I'm hoping it's still clear and you can hear me absolutely fine. Do let me know in the chat box if you indeed can or can't uh, hear me, but I'm hoping that you can. I hope you're doing well. Uh, this is, of course, the Arsenal transfer show, which every single morning at 8am we bring you the latest information regarding Arsenal, talking about not just transfers, of course, but also the wider news of the club. And it is match day, which I'm very, very thankful for. Uh, needed another game to come around to witness. Uh, there's no show tonight. Unfortunately, there will be a breakdown of the game tomorrow morning in the 8am show. So do join us in for that. Uh, and there's plenty of shows out there that will be providing you with reactions. The Arsenal Way will, of course, be doing their own. And I'm sure you can tune in for the Open Mic Show on the Gooners podcast as well. But good morning to everybody in the chat box. Stevie, Eugene, thank you so much for joining us. Um, <laughs> Matt G says, Manu, uh, Matt, Matt G says morning rather than saying Manu. Uh, good morning to Manu, though, and Kaiser and Cam and Bruce and Paul and, of course, all of the others that I enjoyed joining us this morning. Thank you so much for making this part of your morning routine. Thank you so much, as always. Um, but without further ado, let's crack on with today's stories. And we start by telling you, of course, to go over and subscribe to the Arsenal Way, as we always do. Uh, as I said, there'll be a live show straight after the final whistle over on the channel. So make sure that you are subscribed. Uh, and other than that, you'll be able to join me in the morning, as I said, at 8am for my own breakdown of the game. But our first story, one of only three this morning to go through, uh, considering it is match day and news is on the light side, uh, as it will be while we're still playing through this festive period leading up into the January window, where it is sure to explode into all manners of chaos and transfer news. Uh, but Omar Rekic, Arsenal's under-23s Tunisian international, uh, who we signed from Hertha Berlin, uh, if you remember, in the summer of 2021, although he did arrive uh, in, I think it was the summer of 2020, and he arrived in the January window 
uh, and was integrated into the youth team, has been playing on the youth team. But he uh, is expected to go out on loan in January. In fact, there's been plenty of interest from clubs, not just in England, but across the continent as well, looking to take Omar Rekic on a six-month loan deal. It could be a really good experience from the young player who, as I say, is already a senior international um, and it would be, yeah, as I say, a really good move. And I think one that will lead to further excitement around his talents and his future. He's very good at playing out for the back. And, and we look forward to seeing what he can provide those teams, no matter where he ends up going. We know that Portsmouth's Danny Cowley is interested, but considering there are now plenty of clubs across the continent interested, it does seem that a move elsewhere would be much better for his competitiveness and his own development. Now we move on to one of our two main stories, or rather I would have hoped that we would. There we go. I don't know why it took so long to <laughs> pop up. Um, but Dominic Calvert-Lewin has obviously been linked to the move to Arsenal, heavily linked after we lost at Manchester United, suggestions that Arsenal would be going in for a move for him in the summer. But former Arsenal striker Alan Smith has questioned the move. He says, I wouldn't say that Calvert-Lewin is an ideal fit for Arsenal. In many ways, he's an old-fashioned centre-forward. He loves balls being swung into the box and there's not many better at getting his head onto the ball and attacking it. That's not particularly Arsenal's game. It can be when they get the full-backs forward and you can imagine Kieran Tinney whipping in crosses from the left towards him. He's not immediately what I would think of as an Arsenal centre-forward at the moment. But look at how well Olivier Giroud did over the course of his Arsenal career. You adjust according to the player that you've got up top. And look, I think that Calvert-Lewin is, yes, very good in the air. And his aerial ability is certainly something to be applauded and arguably something that we would need to incorporate into our game a lot more. We would find ourselves probably swinging a fair few more crosses into the box for Calvert-Lewin. But I do still think that he is certainly good enough uh, to play with the ball at his feet. And it needs to be something that you'd hope that we could see consistently moving forwards in the team as a player in Dominic Calvert-Lewin's style and quality that, yes, we have to throw crosses in for, but can also deal with the ball at his feet. At least that's what we want to see. Uh, speaking of which, our final story and strikers, uh, Pierre-Emery Abamier, the Biggest controversial uh, story of the day uh, revolves around the Telegraph's Matt Law uh, coming out with a story suggesting that Arsenal will not entertain Aubameyang's presence at the club until at least after the African Cup of Nations. Which, when you consider that it's certainly... Uh, when you consider this has happened because of what, as far as we know, simply him returning late, and then the stripping of the captaincy. Anything further than this would indicate to me that you've got a player there that has done a fair few more things or the reaction to what we've learned about his situation has told us that we're finding him to be not reacting in that same case. It's, it is a very harsh punishment if there has not been any further, um, trying to think of the right words, uh, breakages of protocol, I suppose is the, probably the right terminology to use, but to completely ban Aubameyang from first team ongoings, from first team football, um, that is a bit strange. But Olu pointing out in the chat, The Athletic have confirmed that it was a mutual decision to have him away until after the AFCON, seems like we'll be looking to offload him. If that is the case, now we'll do a double check on that just while I'm speaking. Um, 
that does obviously change things a little bit uh, for Arsenal. But here we go. Let's find. I'm assuming it was written by David Austin McNicholas. It was indeed. Um, he's training by himself away from the first team in Arsenal after being excluded. Um, however, he is now believed to be back training by himself at the club's London Colney base in recent days. Uh, I don't see anything about mutual just yet, um, about it being a decision uh, between them. That's just me skimming through this. But I still think that if, whilst I agree that he should be punished for what he's done and the captaincy being stripped is definitely the right move, in my opinion, to have him away from everything until after the African Cup of Nations is a long time, it's not going to improve the situation for him. I would, I would be very, very concerned uh, about that. I just think that it's not good for the environment of a player that was so integrated into the team to be away from things. I don't think it's anything to do with illness. I don't think it's doing anything with injury. But especially when our current captain now, Alexandre Lacazette, is so close with the player, is that going to have a big impact on him? I find it strange. I feel like the stripping of the captaincy was enough of a punishment. And the only reason why he would be away from the team now is is possibly if he himself has done more or has reacted to it badly. That's that's all I can think of for this. Let's see what you're saying in the chat book. Stephen says, we don't know his reaction to be stripped of the captaincy, plus complete silence from him, which speaks volumes. Um John says it can't be just that. It must have been the follow-up to the suspension, the captain removal. Aubameyang's reaction must have been bad. Um, Jacques, my captain, says, lol, that's just silly, um, <laughs> which is fair enough. Uh, Alfred says, is what he did more outrageous than Xhaka? I can remember Mikel taking over after Emery and Xhaka walking straight into the team after being sidelined. Something is not right. There is a difference between what happened with Xhaka and Aubameyang. Xhaka was being abused by large portions of the fan base, not only him, but his wife and his unborn child at the time, and then was booed by his own fans in the stadium. And it just snapped for Granite Xhaka. It's not to justify his actions, and he was rightly stripped of the captaincy. But Xhaka's actions are... I can explain those. I can't explain a bad reaction to this when it's been multiple cases of him being late and turning up uh, or not on time, it's it's not good enough, especially for a North London derby previously. And if he was giving special dimp- uh, dispensation to leave the country when there was a travel ban, he should respect that and come back on time. So I, for one, think they, the two are separate. And I think that you have to judge Jackers with the context of the situation surrounding his actions against Crystal Palace. Um Rakeem says, hi, Tom, how are you getting on in the Arsenal review app? The game you try to predict uh, what team Arteta picks. Yeah, I mean, I haven't done the last one because my my predictive skills, as you'll know from fantasy football, is awful. And I'm a very competitive person. So when things stop going well, I'm a bit of a rage quitter. I mean, I don't play FIFA anymore, but I was. if anything got more than 3-0, I'm, I'm gone. I'm out of there. I'm done. I'm rage quit. I can't handle losing. I hate it. It's horrible. <laughs> I'm so competitive. So as soon as I started getting these predictions wrong and the optimist that I am always wanted to predict a win, yeah, it was never going to end well for me. That's <laughs> just how it works. Anyway, let's move on to your questions in the chat box, people. And uh, yeah, start throwing them in and we'll go through as many of them as feasibly possible in the next 10 or so minutes.
Okay, let's go to the chat box. Kev says DCL or Vlaovic. DCL for me, absolutely. John says Tom is a chessboard flipper, Monopoly flipper. Yeah, all of the board games, if I'm losing, don't want to play. Don't want to play. Hate losing. It's horrible. Who who wants to do anything if you're losing? Let's be real. Um, <laughs> FIFA says, Jack, we need more content. I ain't playing FIFA for you. Sorry, I gave that up. That's It's a kid's game. <laughs> There's a reason why it's Peggy 3. That's all I'm going to say. It's a game that isn't well made, isn't well built, doesn't reward its customers, is a cycle of pain is what I would describe it. If you think about what Ultimate Team is, it's it's pointless. It's absolutely and utterly pointless because you play games to get more coins, to buy more players, to play the same game, to get more coins, to buy more players, whilst everyone around you is also, by the way, increasing the like how good their teams are. So things never change. Um, there's no kind of end goal. Uh the game in itself is broken. Um, and it's just a horrible, horrible game that just really does, what's the right word, breed frustration and it doesn't reward skill, to be honest. So I, yeah, <laughs> it's it's just, yeah, it's it's gambling is what it is, King. And I mean, Ultimate Team really should be, it should be a higher rating than for kids because the stories you hear about the, children spending ridiculous amounts of money on FIFA points. I mean, if you really are buying FIFA points now, this is coming from someone that did and regrettably did so when they were younger. On the last four or five, I didn't, but the last, a fair few before that I did. And you look back and you go, could have spent that money on something else. Could have bought clothes. Could have could have gone out. Could have done some things that I can actually, you know, build memories for instead of some actual in-game currency. That's why I'm so annoyed at Halo Infinite's store at the moment. It's an absolute joke. So, uh, yeah, I love the game, but the store and the progression system in Halo Infinite is awful. Anyway, I'm going off on a mad tangent, and I'm meant to be talking about Arsenal transfers. Um, Matt G says, uh, if Aubameyang isn't sold in January and is integrated back into the team, what sort of reception do you think he'll get from fans in the stadium? Look, if he comes back into the team, it's because he would have earned his place back in the squads. Arteta only rewards the players that are training hard on, on the training pitch and, you know, are trying to work their way back into the team. That's what he's always maintained. So if Aubameyang returns, then surely he's returning because he deserves to be there. Um, whether that happens is an absolutely separate thing, and I doubt that it's going to happen. Phil Mark, uh, Phil Max, sorry, says uh, Memphis Depay swap deal with Aubameyang. I don't think so. Uh, Memphis Depay is not going to be one of the players that Barca let go of. He's one of their best attacking options. Usman Dembele or Usman Dembele is the player that we look at as a possibility. But even that seems a little bit far-fetched. Uh, Adam says, Tom, seeing Tommy's amazing defensive abilities, how much is it due to his education in Italy? And do you think we should target more foreigners from Serie A? Uh, it's a really good question. I think that he has certainly learned and developed in Serie A and that has improved his defensive game. But he's a very disciplined player anyway. And I think that that, just by his personality, was always going to show that he had those abilities to be such a tenacious and committed player. So I think you combine that with his development in Italy and we found ourselves a hell of a gem. So I'm looking forward to his development continuing. The fact he's still only 22 he doesn't play like a 22-year-old, does he? He's playing like he's in his prime. So the fact that we've got him for so many more years, I'm looking forward to see what he can develop into and, and how far his abilities can go. Manu says, we've talked about Saliba a lot, but I really think he has matured a lot since joining Marseille. I agree with you. 
Uh, in his last interview, he said he needed the slap in his face uh, to wake up and put his head down. I'm not surprised. I think that he has grown up. I mean, he's hit his 20s. It's always a period where you do end up growing up a hell of a lot more when you hit that main period of adulthood. The, the age at which adult who is defined being 18 is far too young. There aren't 18-year-old adults. They're all kids. <laughs> 20s, you, you know, you start learning more about life and, and you genuinely do feel like a bit more of an adult. 18, I taught 18-year-olds, I can tell you. it's for, and To be an adult, 18 is far too young. <laughs> it's far, far too young. So the maturity that you get in your 20s, I think it's certainly been a big learning curve for him. So, uh I look forward to seeing what he's going to provide for Arsenal next season. And fingers crossed he does indeed come back. Um, we could still go for Max Aaron's Adamy. I wouldn't anymore based upon his performances this season. Not as sure. So there you go. Um, strange comment there. Uh, no sleeps is Gendouzi. Kamara swap in January. He has six months left on his contract. I mean, Gendouzi is going to go to Marseille anyway. Kamara, uh, you would have to convince to sign. But Genduzi is a Marseille player, effectively, from now. Uh, he's going to be a Marseille player. So that's that's kind of that. Marshall says, Tom, would you take out Maximan at Arsenal? And do you rate the player? I rate him in terms of what he's given Newcastle. But I do have a lot of reservations about the player's final product. Um, and he's a very flair-style player. And I, I'm not sure if it's all substance that's i have a few questions around uh sam maximum i rate him i think i would like to see him i think it's too much of a risk to sign him for what newcastle would demand and they can demand what they kind of want now for players so i think that you'd have to pay a ridiculous money and i think it's a bit of a risk um to go for sam maximum anthony martial to replace lacazette for 25 mil says ojo i doubt that united would want to sell to us they would absolutely be looking to sell onto the continent Leon are said to be interested in Martial. They would definitely rather sell him there. It would be on the player to push through for a move to Arsenal. And whether or not I'd, I would take him, I'm not sure. If he's not getting into United's team, do we want to sign him? Because we want to close that gap between ourselves and United's squad. So if we're going to sign a player that's not getting into their team, do we really want to sign that player? I'm not so sure, but that's smart. Andy says, Tom, do you think that it is no coincidence that one of our best performances against West Ham was without Aubameyang in the squads? No, I don't think it's a coincidence at all. I think we led from the front. I think our pressing game was brilliant. And you don't really get that from Aubameyang, to be honest. Zuhair says, we should go for Rydal Baku from Wolfsburg for an offensive right back. If you were telling me that that was who we were bringing in to support Tomiyasu, I'd be very happy. He can play as a right winger. He can play as a right back. Very, very impressive midfield, uh, midfielder. Uh, wing back and winger as well. Uh, Manu says, to be fair, Sir Maximan has adapted way better to the league than I expected. I agree. There's just something about his game that I think is too risky to put a huge figure down to invest in. That's that's all I would say. Would I take Gabriel Jesus, says John? Uh, I would, and I wrote a piece about this the other day. I would absolutely take Gabriel Jesus as an option to replace Lacazette, not necessarily as our main striker, but if we were losing Lacazette and we're losing Aubameyang and we had to bring in two forwards, I would absolutely be looking to bring in Gabriel Jesus to the side. Um, Ade says, Tom, how would you have handled the Aubameyang situation? And this is an interesting question because obviously, Ade, it asks you whether or not you know all of the information. And we can only judge based upon the information that we get publicly. And what we know is that there's been two incidents that we know of. The Spurs game and the recent trip to France in which he returned late. We don't know how he reacted. We, we haven't got the facts. 
We don't know how Arteta has handled it behind the scenes. Maybe we'll find out in the Amazon documentary. But all of these things um, mean that it's very difficult to, to come out and say how I would have handled things. I wouldn't have changed too much from what I know of what's been happening already. I think that Arteta was right to strip him for captaincy. He was right to drop him from the squad. If he has not reacted in the right way and he's reacted very hostile to this, then sure, keep him out of the team. But to wipe off his chances of getting back into the team till after the African Cup of Nations at this moment, I'm not sure if that's the right move. But again, I don't know what's happened behind the scenes to know uh, whether or not that's the right decision. But we'll wait and see. Uh, the Modern Guru says, I asked my Spurs friend if they're avoiding games. He replied, even if one of our lot caught, uh, caught the virus, I doubt they'd be able to pass to each other. Is this true? Um, look, I'm sure that the reasons why they're being postponed is because of the virus. I have absolutely no shadow of a doubt about that. So if there's any controversies going on, I have my doubts about their legitimacy. That's all I'll say. John says, uh, any quirky transfers like United sending a player to Serie A only to have that club sell back to Arsenal immediately? Or is that covered in transfer detail? Uh, no, it, it has. I mean, there's things that have happened. I remember, I think it was Bayern Munich sold Martin Demichelis to Atletico Madrid and their Man City signed Demichelis in the same summer before he'd even played a game. I remember that was the case. Obviously, we've seen it this season with Spurs signing Emerson from Barcelona after he was signed in the same summer from Real Betis, but that was slightly different because Barca already kind of owned the player. But it does happen. So who knows? Maybe it could maybe something could happen. We would have to wait and see. Um, I mean, Stuttgart, you think about they might be signing Mavropanos from us for about three million quid and then selling him on. For for twenty odd million, so we'll have to wait and see. Asmaron says, "Tom, what do you make of Arta Cabral uh, to be the replacement for Lacazette?" We talked about Cabral on a previous show. Um, he scored a fair few goals, did he not, for Basel this season? Twenty three year old striker, fourteen goals, four assists, and seventeen uh, Swiss league games. Twenty seven goals in thirty games across this season, and eight assists is very impressive. Eight goals were in the UEFA uh, Conference League qualifiers in six of those matches, to be fair. But he has scored five goals in six of the Conference League games so far and 14 in the Swiss League in 17 matches, which is obviously very good. Uh, I don't know enough about him, is the honest answer to say yes. But a 23-year-old that's scoring that much, I think would be good to come in as maybe a Lacazette replacement. And then we bring in kind of that marquee figure uh, to replace Aubameyang. I'd be open to it. So he clearly scores goals. He's got that instinct in his game. Definitely something that maybe, hopefully, the club are keeping track of. Uh, Jonathan says, among the players Wenger almost signed, apart from Messi, Ronaldo and Suarez, which one do you think is the most regrettable? Probably Yaya Torre. Um, if you think he had a trial at the club, we didn't sign him. He ended up at Barcelona and then Man City. But if you think he could have been the Patrick Vieira replacement that we failed to bring in, um, throughout that whole period until, to be honest, signing someone like Thomas Partey. Yaya Torre could have been that player for Arsenal in those years. Imagine him alongside Cesc Fabregas in the Arsenal midfield. That would have been great. So probably probably Yaya Torre, um, to be fair. I think he's certainly one to, to think about. The other one is obviously uh, Angola Conte from from, uh, from Leicester. Maybe we would have stopped Chelsea winning the league and maybe we would have gone on to win the league. So maybe that's the one we want to look to. Matt? Is it pronounced Gabby or Gabby? I don't know. 
<laughs> I don't know. Uh, Jack says, can we play Benjamin White in midfield? No, I wouldn't play Benjamin White in midfield whatsoever. Uh, Phil says, I think Ibrahimovic would have been an amazing Arsenal player. I see a lot of you are saying um, Ibrahimovic as well as your option. Xhaka, uh, my captain, says, do you think we'll see more of Balogun during this hectic period? I hope so. In January, I feel like there's an opportunity. I'm hoping that we're going to see him against Sunderland next week. I'm, I'm hoping that we don't see Nketiah. My instinct tells me that we will. But I'm hoping that we see Balogun play against Sunderland. I think that's a fantastic opportunity for, for Balogun to get into the team. But I assume that it will be Nketiah that starts up front in that game. Who knows? Maybe he'll come off the bench. That's one to look to. Uh, Zahir says, what type of striker do you think we should sign? A DCL or a better mould of Lacazette like an Amin Guiri or Guiri? Goiri. Yeah, no, I've got that wrong <laughs> from Nice. Um, I hear good things about him. Uh, I watched a TIFO video about him recently where he was hyped up as one of the best talents in, in Liga. I like DCL. I feel like he's more of your marquee replacement for a Bamiang. And I feel like we're going to need to bring in kind of your young up and coming strikers to replace Lacazette. So a Cabral, a Guiri. Um, any of those I think would make sense. But uh, but yeah, I think maybe someone considering how highly rated he is would make sense for the team. Paul says, are the teams having games postponed at an advantage as they can strengthen? We actually talked about this on the show yesterday of Harry. So if you want to hear my thoughts on this, go watch the Canton Simu show over on the Chronicles of Laguna. It was towards the end of the show, last 10 minutes or so. So tune into that and I'll give you my thoughts on that one. So there you go. Anyway, we're going to wrap things up there. Uh, that is your only show of the day, I'm afraid. Uh, I won't be live after the game. I will be live again tomorrow morning to break down the game, but I'm out this evening for the in-laws' birthday. So uh, I'm going to enjoy that. I'm going to miss some of the game, which sucks, um, but uh, I'm going to be catching up on it and watching it all in full when I get back and then watching enough so I can break it down with you guys tomorrow morning at 8 a.m. So make sure you tune in then. It's been an absolute pleasure to speak to you. Enjoy your day. Uh, it's Saturday. Thank goodness. Enjoy your days off, people, unless you're working, in which make it through the day. And uh, I'll see you tomorrow morning at 8 o'clock. Drop a like on the video. Subscribe to the channel if you're new. And as always, up the arsenal. It's the 90-plus minute. All your mates around, and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go, and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dipping, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your McDelivery. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver-assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.